Jumelang Avusheni Saubona and hello hi Mzanzi. Welcome back to Sisters Without Shame and No Holds Barred podcast that is proudly brought to you by Healthform Zanzi. I am your host Nolutando Ngakani and I'm here to hold your hand as you seek the answers to those mysterious bumps and aches you dare not speak of in public. Suffer in silence for whomst? Kilitengbo my baby. Mzanzi, no pressure. Mar, let's talk about blood pressure, guys. You know, it can never be too early for you to start paying attention to your blood pressure, especially in the world we are living in. There was this hype word that people kept using in the news when we first heard about the impact of COVID-19 on the world. Unprecedented. And that is exactly what these past two years have been. Unprecedented and stressful, man. Blood pressure, also called hypertension or dehydrate, is blood pressure that is higher than normal. According to a recent study, the number of people living with hypertension has more than doubled since 1990, rising from an estimated 331 million women and 317 million men in 1990 to 626 million women and 652 million men in 2019. This week, Sister Shirley Khrutbuam from the Heart and Stroke Foundation of South Africa unpacks the phenomenon of hypertension. Sister Shirley, what causes high blood pressure? There are many factors that can cause high blood pressure. One of the main causes is an unhealthy diet. And what I mean by an unhealthy diet, like a diet that is high in salt, high in cholesterol, high in fats. Your chronic illnesses that can lead to hypertension, like for instance, kidney disease, your kidney disease, high cholesterol, your diabetes. These are all factors that can lead to high blood pressure. And then if you are a smoker, smoking tobacco, that can also lead to high blood pressure. And if you are consuming alcohol at excessive amounts at a time, that can also push up your pressure. Age is another factor as well. Stress, stress is what we're going through a lot these days and you'll find even the younger generation, they also present with high blood pressure. And most of the time these are stress related. And then you have your, your family history. If you go into the family history, you'll find maybe a parent or both parents, they are hypertensive. Most likely then you'll find one of the children also being hypertensive, one of all. Most of the kids are hypertensive as well. Also, you're not physically active. You don't participate in any sport or you don't walk, do your regular walks and things like that. Those are all contributing factors to high blood pressure. It's interesting to hear that even young people can present high blood pressure. If you think about young people in most cases, sometimes they might have a chronic illness that's the cause of it. And like I mentioned, in a case where it is in the family, hereditary disease, and when it's in the bloodline, it's got no age. So you'll find young people with hypertension as well. What would be considered normal blood pressure? I know we always see this asystolic and the whatnot. 
According to evidence-based research that was done, they would say 140 over 80, which means the systolic is the first one that you hear. The top reading is called the systolic. What actually happens there is it is mainly just the pressure of the arteries that are being measured at that moment when you do the blood pressure. And then the bottom one is what we call the diastolic. It's two sounds that you hear. You hear the systolic sound and then you hear the diastolic sound when measuring the blood pressure. So the diastolic is when the arteries are being measured, when the heart is at rest in between the beats. That is when the diastolic is being measured. You cannot always also say 140 over 80. So this was the research that says this. But 140 over 80 might be a high for me. And then 140 over 80 for the next person, it is a normal. That person can operate on 140 over 80. Whereas myself, I would maybe start complaining of severe headaches. That is one of the first indications that the pressure is high. It differs from person to person. And if you have any comorbidities, if you're maybe on any medication, maybe the medication can have a side effect pushing up the blood pressure. Or if you're having a comorbidity, that is also the cause. Like if you talk about comorbidities, you talk about your kidneys. In the case of your kidneys, again, you'll find that the kidneys at one stage, they will maybe just the blood vessels in the kidneys, they will maybe become narrow or they're weak. And what happens when they weak and they narrow, then they can't flush the blood as normal. So which means the pressure in the blood is very, very high at that moment due to the weakness in the blood vessels, due to the narrowing of the blood vessels. And another case you'll find maybe in a, the eyes, person will complain of headaches and so forth. But then in the case of the eyes, you'll maybe find that the blood vessels, they have thickened maybe, or they've narrowed, or the blood vessels are torn apart. And that causes, and there the clear indication will be a severe headache. And then we talk about when the person complained, maybe the pain is in the eye and the severe headache. What they medically will call it, there's an intraocular pressure in the eye. These are all contributing factors, like I've said, your chronic illnesses as well. This contribute to a high blood pressure. Sister Shelley, what health problems would then be associated with high blood pressure? It would be your heart attack, heart failure, your kidney disease, and diabetes. And also the polar metabolic syndrome also can be associated with hypertension. And like I've said before, the kidneys, it's where the arteries, they either narrow or they, they are weak in the case of your kidneys. And in the case of the eyes, where they are thickened or they are torn apart or they are just narrow. So these are all contributing factors of hypertension. And then they talk about the metabolic syndrome as well. If you read about that. So what happens is a lot of conditions occur, a lot of illnesses might occur at the same time in the body. And then this results in the pressure being pushed up or elevated, as you can say. So when this occurs in the body, you stand a great risk of experiencing a stroke or a heart attack or uh, contracting diabetes too because of the metabolic syndrome.
And then another thing, dementia also falls into that category when it comes to the elderly people. They start experiencing with this high blood pressure, they start experiencing dementia or what we call sometimes the Alzheimer's. And they're in a space where there's memory loss, you know, they're unable to communicate as usual, personality changes, kicks in there. This is all due to the high blood pressure besides the chronic illnesses that they might already have. You know, Sister Shirley, do healthy adults who adhere to healthy lifestyle practices have a lower risk of developing hypertension? What's diet got to do with it all? Can you eat your way out of hypertension as well? To be healthy, you need to eat healthy. It's also a matter of if the person is already a healthy person, it doesn't mean that the person cannot become hypertensive. Because now we must look back again, if the person comes from a family history, family background, where, like we said before, the mom or the dad are hypertensive. So most likely the child also might be hypertensive as well. But for this person to remain, to have a continuous healthy lifestyle, is to eat healthy, have a healthy diet at all times. Because this person is already linked maybe to a family history of hypertension. So I won't say you can eat your way out. It is just to follow through with a, a healthy diet. And so also you will be safe from having a stroke or a heart attack by leading a healthy lifestyle, eating a healthy, balanced diet, which is very important. What are some of your go-to foods to reduce high blood pressure? It's a, a, a diet that, uh, uh, that we call the DASH diet. It actually stands for Dietary Approach to Stop Hypertension. There you think of your food groups like the whole grains that you'll go to. You'll have a whole grain in your diet. You think of your veggies. You think of your low diet, low dairy products. You think of your high fiber in your diet. I would recommend that type of diet to anybody that wants to stay healthy and to follow a healthy diet. You know, with your whole grains, you can even have your nuts as a snack as well. I would recommend what we call the DASH diet to any person. We've seen the rise of these things called plant-based diets and veganism. What is the effect of plant-based diets on hypertension? Do they have an impact in any way? According to evidence also that these plant-based diets, they do have an effect on hypertension. What it actually does, it reduces the blood pressure, or we can also see it regulates the blood pressure because of the diet this person is following. And like I've mentioned, it's the whole grains, it's your fruit and veg, and it's your low dairy products low-fat dairy products diet and your high-fiber diet. So it does have an effect and it does reduce the risk of having a stroke or having a heart attack. I would recommend somebody to use the plant-based diet and that is similar to what we call the DASH diet. Do you have any advice for young people to keep their blood pressure leveled and minimize the stress and that kind of thing? You know, a lot of times it's difficult in these days to say to somebody, this will reduce stress or that, you know, because we all go through stress, whether you're young or old, the younger generation are just as stressed out because of the challenges that they are facing these days. 
whether it's employment-wise that they are facing and, you know, maybe even problems maybe at the workplace and they don't have an outlet. So they are also stressed, you know. So I would advise young people always to try and be active, to exercise regularly. Even if you're not a runner, just go for your walks. To go for a walk, it also reduces the stress. It takes your mind off whatever is bothering you. And then you can, so you can just carry on again because your mind has been refreshed. Try as much as possible to have more veggies in the diet because you see our young people, they're more fond of having the takeaways, the junk foods. It's not actually nutritious to say that way. Have more veggies in your, in your diet. Go for your walks because now somebody will say, well, I can't afford to go to the gym. So you can just walk around the block. That is also a way to keep fit and to have blood circulation going. Thank you for joining this week's episode of Sisters Without Shame, Sister Shirley. For more on hypertension, please do check out healthformzanzi.co.za. If you are in a medical bind and looking for a shoulder to cry on, you can send an email to hello at healthformzanzi.co.za or you can send us an SOS on our dedicated WhatsApp line on 076-132-0454. I would never blue tick you, babes. under 40s, my fellow millennials and Zoomers or Gen Zs, you may think that hypertension is an issue for your parents' generation. But like Sister Shirley said, it's not. Like Juju said, guys, you must be vakarvort. Pass up. Multiple studies have shown that young adults who have slightly elevated blood pressure or prehypertension are more likely to have heart disease, heart failure, stroke and kidney disease later in life. Umdala, man. Eat your veggies and your greens and your fruits, bro. Because Sister Shirley said so. That brings us to the end of episode 41 of Sisters Without Shame, proudly brought to you by Health from Zanzi. From me, Lulu Nwakani, have a great week and remember to show your girl some love by sharing this podcast with a friend.